A note before we officially begin episode 7, and an apology. We're going to call this one the lost episode, due to some various technical issues. We're a little delayed in getting it out. So it's a nice snapshot in time from a few weeks ago. We think there's some nice bits in there that you'll enjoy. So here it is, a belated episode 7. Yeah, it's hard to be an American. Hard to be an American. Hard. This is hard to be an American. Welcome to Pod to Be an American, Episode 7. Uh, I am reporting as Eric McElroy. And I'm substituting for Charlie Wolf this week. <laughs> My name is Charlie Wolf. You I'm are Charlie Wolf. for myself. I don't know why I said reporting as, but there we go. It's, let's just, let's just go with that. I'm reporting as. I am. I'm not reporting anything. Uh, welcome back. It's 2018. Um, if you haven't tuned in before... Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, I, I, we're both American expats living in the United Kingdom, casting an eye back to the events happening in the country of our birth. Um, I'm doing it from the perspective that I would say is correct, uh, right, as it were, but from the left, and you're right, but wrong. Is that, is that, the, right, <laughs> is that the right description of it? I think that's a fair description of it. Yeah, I like, you let you guys believe it, you know, because you, you know, you're, you're close-minded you're, enough that you're never going to you know, change your ways anyway, so let yeah. you know, <laughs> think what you want to think. Hey, if I wasn't going to change my ways, I wouldn't be talking to you, Charlie. I want you to convince me that everything is going great and America, well, I don't know. Do you think, all right, we've had, uh, we're coming up. Well, I don't want, we won't get into this. We have a couple of little stories we want to talk about. They're just fun headlines. And then we have yeah. the big story, which of course we're nearly at a year of President Trump. And I guess the question we should answer by the end of this podcast is, are we great yet? Because he was going to oh, make okay. America great. great yet. Okay. So that should be, we should be able to wrap that up. And then we'll be done. It reminds me of a, 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 a Tommy Burger in uh, in L.A. I think they had they had a sign that said "Famous by Noon Tomorrow." <laughs> that should be Trump's 2020 campaign. Well, I, yeah. hope, I hope he doesn't Famous run. Famous by Noon Tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so I guess we're back at it in 2018, which is nice. Uh, we're here again, episode seven. I'm here at the Ram Jam. Uh, Ram Jam Records, which is at the Gray Horse in Kingston, and you're coming down the line live. Yes, from I'm using modern technology. Modern. I'm, I'm being very non-Luddite, which is amazing. For that's one thing I will say for a Republican and a conservative that I'm actually using. And I'm using a Mac. Yeah, that's which is very you know it's very you know, millennial. You know, it's just when, and I, and I have no clue what I'm doing. Yeah, even the alphabet looks different on this thing. When you say <laughs> it like that, when you say I'm using a Mac. Yeah, that, that makes it sound like you don't know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, <laughs> if it wasn't for the fact I have a 12-year-old. There's a fantastic dog. And the dog, you know, occasionally even the dog knows more than I do. Yeah. There's a fantastic comic named Steph Paolini who does a bit about having a MacBook Pro where basically just uses it to go online. And he, he's sure that the MacBook, MacBook just resents him because he's got so much power and potential. And all that he does, like me. All he does is know, Google stuff. surfing with mine. Yeah. Um, and I've got all this gubbins in it. And I yeah. don't know the half of what it does. But it's, I all, bought, it's all about status, yeah. isn't it? St stacked it out. It was like. Yeah, give me uh, RAM. Yeah, give me give me lots of RAMs. Give me some sheep and some RAMs. And so you got all the bits and the bobs and the oh, paid extra things. for this, that, and the other thing. You know, half of uh, which I, I wouldn't even know where it is, and if I could find it, I wouldn't know how to use it anyway. Yes, you've demonstrated that. <laughs> time again. Right. So you you said I've got a surprise story, which I think is making you nervous, and then you had a story from California you wanted to talk about before we yeah. dive into the juicy stuff. Then, but it was one other thing I, I, I saw last night, just because I know Americans jive on this stuff. Did you see this thing with the, uh, the, the Her Majesty the Queen talking about the coronation? 
I, I think it was on a couple of days ago, but I saw it on, on the iPlayer last night. I saw, I've just seen a tiny snippet of it where she's kind of examining the crown yes. um, like she's never been allowed to touch it before. Like either she's been held in a box or it's been held in a box, and now's the first time at whatever, 92, they're like, you, you, it's safe for you to look at it now, and we don't think you're going to yeah. try and break off a piece of it and run off. Well, it's amazing because there, there are two crowns. There's the one, the Imperial State Crown, which I guess you, she wears pretty much every year for the state opening of Parliament. Yeah. But the the other one is the one for the coronation, uh, and she, it only comes out for coronation. And you know that's been 65 years ago because she's been you know that long. Right. And um, and which I thought was amazing because they bring this out and the, and the voiceover says only the Queen, the Archbishop of Canterbury, which is the head of the church. And the crown jeweler is allowed to touch this. And so this man with white gloves, I don't know, maybe he was the crown jeweler. I don't know. But someone takes a box out of a leather case and pulls out the crown, puts it on the table very softly. You know, again, because you got like like the Kui Noor diamond in this thing and the Cullinan diamond. It's got like diamonds galore. And she just reaches across the table and grabs it and picks it up in her hands and yeah. <laughs> slops it around and... Oh, yes, it's just as I remember it. It'd <laughs> be great in that moment if she just sneezed up a big old loogie on it. Just like, I guess that's her crown. She can do what she wants with it, can't she? Just get, you know. Well, that's, I guess that's the big difference between America and Britain. In Britain, um, you know, the queen has, has, a, has a crown, and in America, Donald Trump has a, has a golden throne. And a button. A go yeah, and a big button. So a big button. Because Donald Trump allegedly has a golden toilet, or is that just an urban myth? Is that like... Well, I don't know. Well... It, the closest I've ever come to that is if you want to go to Harrods. Yeah. You know, which, by the way, oh, happy day. They're finally getting rid of the Di Diana and Dodie Memorial. You didn't like the Di Diana and Dodie Memorial? Yeah, it was a bit over the top. There was the thing where they're, like, touching a 15, dove or something. Years. Yeah, they're but touching I, this I, dove. I remember going down with, you know, last time I was there, my brother was over visiting, and he went down the Egyptian staircase, the, the, it was, which is a modern-day escalator. But yeah. it was the same escalator they found in one of the pyramids. They had escalators and, uh, in the pyramids? Yeah, yeah, because this was, you know, El Fayed's escalator from the pyramids or whatever, and it went down to the bathrooms in the, where they charged you like five pounds. This is, again, like 15, 20 years ago yeah. in real money. And, uh, and there was <laughs> flying D, Ds for Diana and Dodie, oh. and uh, they're, they're giving it back to him. I remember. Go with the Michael Jackson statue. Yeah. Yeah, that's I did. That is a creepy collection. I remember when the pound was worth something before Brexit. But um, what do you? What's your California story? Do you want to tell us the California? Well, story? yeah, this is this is really weird. This is well, I mean, it's 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 a, it's a somewhat serious story. This this uh, couple that have held their children hostage. I don't know if you saw this in the news today. I it's saw like, it. Like they got like twelve kids or something or other. I know. I feel and like I'm being held hostage by my children. That's that's a different thing. Yeah, no, normally your children hold you hostage, yeah. but this is the parents are holding the children hostage. I, I don't know why anyone would want to chain their children to the beds or whatever and keep them. I generally want to kick them out of the house by a certain age, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're five and a half. Yep, you're, you're gone. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> but, uh, It's awful. I mean, one of, it, one of them, I guess, somehow broke free and got to a phone in the house and called up uh, 911. And um, it's like 12 kids, but what amazes me is I think the oldest is something like 29 years old. Really, I know I, the yeah. the thing I heard is that the seventeen year old was so malnourished that the authorities thought that he or she was only ten. Jeez! So not only did they imprisoned the children, they weren't feeding them, and I just—I mean, it's just awful. It was a horrible. But again, you just kind of wonder how could you hold a twenty-nine year old? I mean, my twelve-year-old is strong enough to beat me up now. Yeah. 
I, I, I suppose you're going to say 29 years ago, who was, was, was that when Clinton was president? Are you going to blame this on him? Is that, was yeah, that why you brought obviously. this up? Is that why? Is that why you mentioned this story? It's the, it's the Democrats' fault because it's California. It's a liberal state. It's yeah, and they're re- nuts. They're it's relaxed. Old granola, you know? <laughs> well, that's a cheery way to start the new year. Thanks, Charlie. But, you know, listen. You know, they'll, they'll, these kids will be free just in time to start smoking dope legally. So, uh. <laughs> but no, weird. I, I, I would. I mean, in all seriousness, I'd like to know what the what the motivation was behind this because it's you know. Why would you want to walk your kids? I mean, they, they say they, the place smelled horrible, so I can only imagine. Yeah. You know, but, what, what the cause of that was. Well, I uh, get. Yeah. I think it just. I don't know. I think it's a demonstration that there is truly evil in the world, uh, and it manifests itself in, in just awful, awful things. Yeah, I mean, I remember. Do you remember the Liz, Elizabeth Smart case in, in Utah? She was the girl that uh, this guy thought he was the Lord's prophet and kidnapped her and. Yeah. And uh, took her as a wife and a, you know, a sex slave or whatever. And she was, what, 14, 13 at the time. And, uh, you know, somehow, uh, how long was she in captivity? Like three, four months, maybe a little bit longer? I don't know. I don't, I don't follow these kind of stories as much as you clearly do, Charlie. Uh, well, it, was, it was a big story. So, yeah. Okay. But, uh, Which reminds me, I haven't seen your wife for a while. Is she okay? Oh, well, yeah, she's upstairs. She's working. Sure she is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's my story. It's a little bit different. <laughs> Do you know who um, Kevin McCarthy is? He's the House Majority Leader. You, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You aware of Kevin's work? Um, he has given a gift to the president. Did you hear about this? Oh no! What's this? He had an aide pick out the pink and red Starbus, Starbursts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah, give yeah. President Trump, this. after noticing that Trump only ate those flavors, basically mm-hmm. he was on Air Force One and he was offered a Starburst from the president, as you uh, as you do. I mean, I know, and I'm, a, I'm a, I always go for the Butterfinger when I'm yeah. traveling with the president. I love Butterfingers. Same here, yeah. Yeah, uh, hmm, but see, we can agree on some things. Although, yeah. Anyway, they don't have Butterfingers in this country, so you don't know what I mean, do you? Our producer probably doesn't know what I mean. Generally, like for like three quid for a small bar, but Uh, you can get them. Rip off Britain. But uh, so basically, he noticed the president um, was eating only those. So he had his aide pick out the red and pink ones, put them in a jar, and give it to the president after he put his name on it. Kevin. (laughs) It's just that's how they're that's how they're handling the president of the United States. No different than how they handle most rock stars, you know? But, I mean, well, yeah, but he's not a rock star. Yeah, red and green um, M&Ms. I guess, well, and Reagan, you're Reagan. What did he like? Sure, the, the, the jelly beans. The jelly the beans. Ones, wasn't it? The, I don't know which flavor he liked, but I know he famously, did you know that President Reagan had jelly beans on his desk? No, you were behind the Iron Curtain back then, weren't you? Yeah, he was. He was locked up in one of those Eastern European countries. I don't. He told me which one once. Let's not get that Iron Curtain instead of building the wall. We still have that curtain. If that curtain is still there, maybe we could just transport that to Mexico, and then that takes the water. Is, is, the, mm, is there? I clean it first. <laughs> no. Well, luckily you can get some Eastern European labor. Well, you know, it. I always love it when over here in the UK, you know, that people are going on about you know how nasty we are with our wall and whatever. And I says, well, you know, we could maybe you know take the one that you guys already have. And they look at me like I go, you know, Hadrian's Wall, maybe it rings a bell, and it's like kind of shuts them right up. <laughs> That's a real zinger, Charlie. Yeah, it's that, that Hadrian. Yeah, what about that Hadrian's wall? Mic drop. <laughs> at, least, at least I didn't say Adrian's wall. You know. That's true. That's a different. That's one of the Rocky movies. On to be an American. D- Donald Trump um, isn't here in uh, in uh, London. No. This week or next week or the week after. 
And I don't blame him. He's, he, he, well, actually, it's interestingly, this is about the, the new American embassy. Yes, and, it's exciting. Uh, just to, as, an, as an interesting aside, we should have a plaque uh, noting, we first met, do you remember, the very time, first time we met? Uh, was on the grounds of where they were building the embassy. They're building yes, next door. Yes, yes just that's right. Where there's these uh, uh, block of apartments are going up. And there was still sold. Still hope in the world. Anybody that's going to be using the embassy. This is just you know, rich people getting even richer. And um, we were um, doing a um, an election thing. Yep. Yep. When there was and obviously your jokes were funny, but not funny enough because Donald Trump still got elected. Yeah, I didn't do a lot that I, I did. Uh, I did my Bernie Sanders bit to Bernie Sanders's brother, which was great doing an impression of Bernie Sanders to whatever his uh, whatever his brother's name is. He didn't look amused. He did not look. <laughs> he did not crack a smile. And normally, when you do a joke like that in kind of a lighthearted way, the person who's kind of involved in the joke will come up to you, especially at a friendly kind of function like that was, and sort of give you a hey, hey, that was good. He blanked me after that. Yeah, yeah. So well, you know. Those, well, that's sad socialists. Yeah, the, the commies. Yeah, damn commies. I can agree, I can agree, but, uh, I can agree anyway, with you on that, Charlie. As you know, Donald Trump was supposed to come, well, he was supposed to be coming for a state visit. He's due a state visit. He's due tea with Her Majesty the Queen. I don't know if they get the crown out at all, but still, you know, tea and biscuits and all that sort of stuff. And then the horse-drawn carriage and, and Prince Philip telling dirty jokes and the whole thing. And instead... Uh, everyone over here has been protesting his visit because, my God, he's possibly a misogynist and uh, whatever else Hillary had in her little pitter-patter campaign uh, uh, line. So um, <laughs> I agree with you, except so, just take out the possibly there, but that's fine. So, um, so they decided, let's have him just uh, come over and open the embassy and uh, you know cut a ribbon. So this, you know, he's looking at this like a businessman. I mean, he's looking at it like like your manager. All right, yeah, Eric, I got a deal for you. You're gonna go over. You're gonna do this bit, and it's like, where is it? It's it's the little store, and you're gonna go and snap the ribbon. You'll cut the ribbon. They'll give you the scissors. Everything's take, you know, and and it's like no money involved. So it's just, you know, I got more important things to do. I ain't going over <laughs> for a ribbon cutting, and, and and he doesn't like the look. And I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know. I don't want to say I don't like the look of the embassy. It, it, it is a bit modern for my taste, to be fair. Yep. And it, it is sort of what was the off location was the term he used in in Vauxhall. Uh, yeah, I th I didn't. Well, if you got to spend any time at the old embassy, it was a um, it was a term that the president used. We're going to talk about in the next section to talk about Haiti. Um, I mean, the inside of it. I mean, I know the outside of it is a listed building now. It's in central yeah. London in Grosvenor Square, and but the inside is where you had to go to get your passports updated and register your children as American citizens. And it was a yeah, it was a there, dump. Yeah. It was and, a, and to be fair, it was it a, very nineteen sixties poured concrete. Yeah, it was a pool hole. Can I say poo hole on here? I can say poo hole. Yeah, I mean, President. inside reminded me of, It was a you know, poo, poo house. The engineering building on, on campus, if you yeah, went to a private was, university. So something that, you know, I'm during guessing, that 60s phase wait, of, let's, of, the, of the college expansion, but, university expansion. Let's be um, on. Yeah. But it was in, it's in, in Grover Square, and, uh, you know, there's been a presence there, uh, and, it, and this is Mayfair, wonderful part of London, and it's been there for over 200 years in one form or fashion. I mean, John Adams, I think, was our first ambassador. Before there was even the United States, John Adams was based there. Um, and, and funny enough, it's just on the other side of the park uh, of the square is the French embassy, isn't it? Uh, I've never had any reason to go to the French embassy. No, me neither, but I've, I've walked down that end just because <laughs> it's near the Connaught Hotel. Because I, I used to not need to because I used to be a European citizen. So. <laughs> But I never, don't go down that side. Mind. Yeah, I just launch rockets at it. Yeah. But um, so it, 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 you know, it's it's leaving a very important part of, of London, 
And I know I was very sad when I first heard about this several years ago. And, and to be fair, uh, um, on, on both sides on this one, Trump said, I, I don't like it because and he mentioned Obama. Now, it was not Obama that had anything to do with this. This was during the Bush administration. Your guy. So this, was, this was just after 9-11. And they decided that they wanted all of the different embassies, essentially, it's not just London, but several of them are being moved outside of, out of the downtown. And in the, in the case of London, it's a real pain in the in the tuchus, in the backside because there's people that live immediately around the back of the building. You know, it's a very obviously tight area. Uh, uh, you know, because downtown London, and these poor people have to go through main security because there's a perimeter fence. You know, to protect the building now. You're talking about the current uh, embassy or the new one? No, the, the current the, the the current one, the old one. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why they needed to eventually to move the thing because the residents were having a hell of a time because in order to pull into a nice little downtown pied-a-terre, a little flat or whatever, you had to go through 15 layers of security of guys with M16 machine guns. That's just the Brits, never mind what the Americans are carrying, yeah. uh, you know, to get into your into your flat. Um, but but again, it's something that I think will it, its presence will be missed. But um, where I think people miss, to be fair to the president, what he was saying about Obama is I get the impression that Obama must have negotiated the deal to sell the building. Okay, so obviously... I Bush. I think I think that's a little below the president's pay grade, to be honest. There's government departments that oversee that. It was initiated by Bush, but there's um, my understanding is the building which we held a 999-year lease on. The, the when that building was sold, those funds were used to pay for the new embassy, so it didn't cost the American taxpayer a penny. Mm -hmm. But I th but again, the impression which is I a got pretty is, good deal because remember, Trump's a, he's a property guy. He's a hotel developer. He, he's, you know, he's this a, is one thing yeah. he does know. He's a branding and, guy. So, uh, you know, uh, he was saying that, and I, I'm, again, I'm, I could be wrong, but I'm getting the impression that the sale of the of the old building must have been down to the o Obama administration. Okay. I don't think he personally negotiated, but no. uh, that's one of the reasons why that uh, the, the president was kind of angry about this. He said, you know, we sold it for next to nothing for prime real estate, and then we got this monstrosity. And, and, and I must admit, I'm not overly hip on the new building. But I mean, come on, Charlie. We know he's not coming because people are going to protest his visits, and it would shut London down, and it would be the biggest protest this country's ever seen. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, but that's but you know right? what? that's but, also but not true. Well, is that is that true? That's that's the reason, isn't it? I mean, well, if he, I'm not sure because you know what? We've we've had protests since going back as long as you can remember. I mean, they protested Reagan. I mean, big protests. They protested Obama. You know, uh, no, no matter who the president is. Matter of fact. Trump's the sort of guy that would say, did you see the size of that? It was bigly. Yeah, I mean, he's been looking for a big crowd since the inauguration. He hasn't had it. This is his chance. They might not be protesting, the, you know, they might not be there supporting, but it would be the, just, they need to convince him he'll get the biggest crowds. Yeah, yeah. Come. Well, well, we're Americans. We always get the biggest crowds. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, everything big. No, but I think what's, what, what has him probably pissed off, if I can use the term, and I, I know that's what would kind of get me a bit pissed off as well, was it's it's one thing for the public to want to go and protest. I mean, listen, the public wants to protest. That's their right. Yes. That's, you know, as long as it's it, it's done in an orderly fashion. You know, you're lining up. And okay, children, everybody holds your placards down to the right hand side. We'll tell you when you can lift them. You know, but as long as it's done in a, in a legal manner. Yeah. All right. And you're not throwing fire extinguishers, as happened in a protest here once, where some guys were chucking fire extinguishers off the roof of a building onto the police down below. Um, then there's there's no hassle. Um, but what I think's got him whacked off is 
that you know he is still the head of state. I mean, he's not just the chief executive. He is the head of state. He is of a rank equal to Her Majesty the Queen. Yep. And you know, it, it, this thing's being debated in Parliament. And I, I, I matter of fact, I, I said to uh, one of the MPs, I, I've debated several on the radio and TV here, and uh, you know, I said, listen, that would have me hacked off. You know, you guys were supposed to be the diplomats. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting that you're using the argument that he's the head of state, so we should respect that, because that's the argument I've used in past conversations that we've had, that he's the head of state, so he should act like one. And you've said, well, that's not his way, he acts like a normal guy. Well, acting like a normal guy makes the rest of the world look at you like a misogynist and a racist, because that's when you say things that are misogynist and racist, you don't deserve the respect of the office that you hold. And that's why people are protesting him. And I, I mean, I, I, I don't think that we should have banned Trump from coming to the UK. I think that was a step too far. But I think he should, he should be able to face the music if he's brave and big and strong as he pretends to be, which he clearly yeah. isn't. He has the, I mean, he, he can't handle any slight from anyone. That's why he blocks people on Twitter uh, and he attacks people who, you know, he should never, you know, that are belief, beneath the office of yeah, the presidency. Yeah, remember, he's a little bit old-fashioned as well. You know, the guy is 70. So to him, it's like, you know, he says, I am. The, I think to him, it's also again the, the office when you're doing this, because he's very dogmatic in a lot of things. You'll, you'll notice that, you know, like for instance, the, the the flag and the anthem. You know, and I, I mean, I agree with his position on, on on those, but you can see that sort of again the sort of position your father, you, you know, would hold, and again, very dogmatically. You know, you don't do it because it's not supposed to be done, and and to him probably it's also, you know, if you're if you're an MP, like for instance, what was the line? Um, I thought Ed Miliband came off a bit of a jerk. There was some line on Twitter somewhere saying, great line, great retort from Ed Miliband. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, what, like something really, it was like, it was one of those sort of really stupid playground sort of taunts, you know, that, and, uh, that Ed, and I thought, well, this is the guy who was supposed to be, possibly could have been the prime minister of this country, Ed Miliband, yeah. you know, yeah. his opposition, uh, you know, leader of the opposition. These are supposed, you know, they're saying about diplomacy and, 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 you know, we need to be able to talk, you know, better jaw-jaw than more war. And they're not doing it themselves. I think that if Trump hadn't attacked um, the city of London and the mayor after we'd been attacked by terrorists, that might have helped. Well, maybe? I, maybe? I mean, you know, again, it, it was, I think Theresa May was wrong when she made her, her comment. You know, over this, this is, by, for those who don't know, he had retweeted um, a couple of, of tweets from Ann Coulter. And it turns out that this group called Britain First is one of these sort of neo-Nazi groups. Now, but you wouldn't necessarily know that. You know, everyone's going, yeah, he's a, he's supporting neo-Nazis. He's a neo-Nazi. And, and, and it's like, wait a minute. The guy is not a neo-Nazi. You know, he may, he may no, do a lot of things he's wrong. He's just a he Nazi. Rough. He may be, you know, even if you want to think he's a little bit doofy, you know, from, a, from a, you know, a, a, some people's viewpoint, that's fine. But to think the guy is like a neo-Nazi. Um, it just it just doesn't hold water because I, I know enough people that know him, and and again, you know he is he is still the leader of of an, our, our closest ally, you know the, the UK's closest ally, and it should be treated with a certain level of respect. Yeah, but respect is earned. You don't just get respect because of the office. You have to act. You have to earn no, and step I mean, up. I think he, the fact of him getting elected means he's earned it. And then the way you behave once you're elected, and he hasn't behaved but, like a president. But, uh, no, he, I I still don't know what he's done that has been so over the top. Uh, you know, he's he's probably you know, like I said, the the, the worst what? thing is this thing with retweeting these tweets. But again, he wasn't supporting Britain first. I think he was supporting an argument. You know, Ann Coulter. He saw a tweet that Ann Coulter sent. Yeah. Just like you and I, you know, you'll see something, you'll say, oh yeah, that's uh, you know what I'm seeing fits my narrative. 
Yep. And you hit the retweet. I mean, and, I've, I've retweeted things not realizing what they are sometimes as well. Yeah, but as a um, private citizen, we have a little bit more leverage than the office. Whole, you know, you're saying he should get respect as a head of state, but then act like head of state. I don't see the queen retweeting Britain first. And if she did, there'd be an uproar. Oh, but, you know, the, the queen would oh, have oh, an sorry. idea. Right, if the, right, if the queen was retweeting um, uh, the KKK or an American neo-Nazi group, that would be a scandal. So yeah, why isn't but, it the same? Again, I don't think, and I know we're kind of relitigating something that's old. He wouldn't have known what that is. Yeah, because, like, well, he, well, it, it if only he had indicate, access to. on it that it's, it says we're, you know, like neo-Nazi or whatever. It just. If only. Know, Britain, Britain first. It sounds like make America great again. But if, isn't that. If, if he didn't know. But if come he, on. And how would he? How would because he's president of the United States and he has access to the largest network of spies and and listening yeah, and everything else really than any person. You, you really think he's getting his his tweets, you know, vetted? You know, well, the CIA he come in and like, he should. You know, Twitter Twitter <laughs> works viscerally. But it's embarrassing, Charlie. Come on, don't you want to be talking but, about things know, that but, you would rather better, as a better? You know what? The, the MPs embarrass themselves by continually because this is still what the man who's running. Uh, actually, there was a couple of people that actually did get it kind of right. Uh, Claire Fox uh, and a couple other people who were saying, you know, listen, whatever you think of the guy, and even if he you know, screws up purposely or, or naively, he's still uh, the leader of our closest ally, and, and, and an ally that is very important to this country, to the United Kingdom, when it comes to intelligence sharing, trade, etc. So do you really want to you know, even if it's because he's got a fragile ego, do you really want to piss off the guy that's in charge of the trade well, deals and yeah, everything but, else that you want to do and well, depend on as, as a nation? But those people who are in parliament, they're representing their constituents, and their constituents aren't having it. So they're in an impossible situation. They can't ignore the people who put them in office because if they did, they would get voted out of office. So they're reflecting the views of the people they represent and the but, but vast majority. But they style. I mean, this, this is supposed <laughs> to be the British stiff upper lip. You know, hospitality. Dude, um, you do not play some of the comedy little, clubs I play. What, you know, we, we understand the British to be. British class and style uh, on a Saturday night in Newcastle. Well, well, I'll never forget that night. <laughs> um, well, so, uh, well, I guess um, I think I'm not surprised he's not coming because I don't think he has the cojones to, to face the protests. Actually, no, I think he's, again, as a businessman, he's probably just, you know, again, this is a guy who's been around for a while. Like I said, he's 70 years old. He's, he's, he's a CEO of a company. And it's sort of like, I don't have the time to, for this BS. Yeah, but he always have time, which is what he's doing over the Martin Luther King weekend in America, is to golf uh, for, I think, uh, so I just saw it. I think it's the 90th day he spent golfing out of the last 365. Yeah, but he's, he's doing business. <laughs> he deals on the golf course. I mean, but that's he is making businesses. It's no different than the other guys, to be fair. Uh, he, well, it is different in that he's golfed more than any of the other guys so far in his presidency. Oh, yeah, so in that sense, course. yeah, well, of <laughs> they, course he does. They don't have their own courses. He's also the first to profit from his own presidency so directly. So you're right there. He's done some things first, definitely. He's been in the America you first think he thing. He has to pay ground fees. Uh, well, I know that the CIA, I mean, um, Selective Sur uh, Secret Service. Uh, Secret Service. I knew I'd get there eventually. Um, I think uh, the budget so far for their, the rental of golf carts is in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not hit millions already. Yeah, but you know what? It's, it's like that for all of them. You know, Obama taking trips to Hawaii. Not, you, know, you can easily complain and say you have to go, you know, to the furthest place on the, on the map. But, he, you know, he grew up there. So Speaking of Hawaii, the I don't know Speaking if of Hawaii, is, is uh, Obama been in Hawaii lately? Because uh, things got a little bit heated over there over the weekend. Yeah. Welcome, Dano. <laughs> Ballistic Missile 1. 
Did you, so basically, uh, the emergency—I don't know what the system is called—alert system sent out a tweet to everyone in Hawaii saying, yeah. "Ballistic missile is on the way, incoming, incoming." See, this, this is not this a drill. This is not a drill. Or a saw. And then, thirty-eight saw minutes later, thirty-eight minutes later, they go. Um, well, you remember what? that thing we mentioned yeah. about a ballistic missile? Uh, well, we're not this is after everybody's cacked themselves. We're not going to call it a drill. We're going to call it a, the guy clicked on the wrong button. It's like apparently there was two buttons. One to say send a, send a drill or send an actual warning. And he clicked yeah, on the wrong thing. <laughs> but that's the problem with the American big buttons. Because it's yeah. just, you know, when you got your hand. Because the alerts in like North Korea, they're tiny. Tiny little alerts. But in America. <laughs> oh, no. I'm a Korean lady. Korean, <laughs> Korean Charlie is back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is hard to be an American. Well, it's time to talk about DACA. Now, if you don't know what DACA is, it's the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. And this is a... Sitting on the dock of the bay. Sitting on the dock of the the bay. DACA children are kids that were brought into the United States under the age of 10 illegally by their parents. And the argument is, and these kids, there's about 800,000 of these people, because they're not kids anymore, because this happened at a, I don't know, I guess about 20 years ago, um, that they were that Obama signed an executive action to say, look, we don't know what to do with these kids. Maybe we're going to deport some of them. But if we can carve out a category of ones who are not criminals and they've been paying their taxes and they've got social security numbers and everything else because they can have these things and still be an illegal immigrant, which is mind-blowing, then we'll, we'll defer getting deporting them until Congress does a big uh, immigration fix. So this yeah. was something that Obama signed as an executive order which is not a law, it's just a reinterpretation of federal rules. Trump said... It was not legal, by the way, because it was going to come under review by the courts, and that's one of the reasons why it, Trump is having to... Uh, yes, to it, it, it was, it thing, was going way. to come under review of the courts, so it hadn't been deemed illegal, but some people said they thought it was illegal and why they sued against it. Obama was protecting that, that ruling. Um, it's massively popular, uh, popular in the United States, roughly... I, I mean, it's somewhere... It's more than, around 70% of people in the United States believe these kids should not be deported because they, some of them were like two years old they've grown up in the united states they've everything about their lives is in the united states and they might get sent back to some place that they've never been like mm-hmm. el salvador they don't have any family there because all their family came and so obviously their parents were and also want to go back to a place that's a hole <laughs> yeah well yeah we'll talk about that in a second so <laughs> so the, 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 everybody kind of says even republicans for all intents and purposes, these kids are Americans in all but paper, mm. all but name only. They don't know anything else. Obama created this protection for them. Trump, what, what was Trump's position during the campaign over DACA? What, what he was going to do when he was running? Well, he, I mean, uh, to be fair, I, I must admit I don't remember exactly because this is complicated. And, and I think there's a lot of things being conflated because you have DACA, but you also have, and this is where the whole Salvadorans and Haitians, I think, come in. Yeah. That wasn't DACA. That was over this uh, the temporary. That's a different uh, visa status. Temporary yeah. status. Yeah. So there's a temporary. Um, I, I can't remember what it's. Yeah, it's about people coming from areas that have had a natural catastrophe or political catastrophe. They can get temporary status to stay. So there's a group of Haitians and a couple other countries. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's gotten mixed up in this debate because they yeah. Trump has and refused. And also remember, they're, they're also negotiating uh, about things like the um, budget and whether they're going to shut down the government or not. Yeah. Democrats. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, uh, and, and to be fair, I think the president, you know, he had that original cabinet meeting that they, they, they had on camera for the press and like for an hour. Yep. 
and you know it was done. You could see the man was in charge of the room and what have you. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's the next day when this whole thing with with hole came out. It's amazing we could watch the same thing and come out with completely different perspectives. Did you watch the whole hour uh, televised? No, I didn't, I didn't really get a chance. I, I saw a little bit on, oh, on the news. And, yeah. I watched it, and basically it, it wasn't so much a man in charge. It was a man agreeing with whoever said something beforehand. So the Democrats said, can we just have a DACA bill that's only about DACA, only about saving these kids? 80, 70 to 80 percent of Americans want to save these kids. Can we have a clean DACA bill, meaning nothing else attached? And Trump said, yes, I want to do that first. And then Kevin McCarthy, the Starbursts guy, went, um, uh, Mr. President, remember, we also want to have four other contingency things added onto this. We want the wall. We want to deal with these um, temporary people. She should have done yeah, anyway. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. We want them attached. And Trump went, oh, yeah, yeah, we got to have all those things as well. And uh, and, and lottery visas and and um, and more Starbursts. And then and then. And then somebody else on the Democrat said, well, couldn't we just start with the clean Democrat bill, a DACA bill? Yeah, 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 well, I'll do that. That's all he did for the hour. He agreed with whoever spoke before him. It was, how is that leadership? He's like a parrot. No, I mean, listen, he, I, I think he's trying to bring people together. He does know how to negotiate. But what, what happened then was the next day or, or a couple of days afterwards. They pre- well, the, oh, they were before you say that, he said, near. he said in that meeting, Charlie, and then I'll let you say this part. He said, I'll sign anything you bring me. You're all smart people in this room. So now they now they brought him something. And but, it, but, but you know, he had at least made a certain I – mean, he was expecting to meet a certain bar, and they, and they were taking the mickey, to use a, a British expression. Is that you a, know, I it was not funding the things that needed to be funded. That, you know, he was you – know, it's, it's a negotiation. The whole thing about negotiating isn't, you know, like, well, we let him there, we screwed him. It, you know, and I know people that negotiate on that level, and, and they will say to you – uh, negotiating should be a win-win. It should be. I want to give you. Uh, you know, I want to get something out of this, but I also want to give you. And you know, so you know, yeah. all parties should walk away happy. And he wasn't happy. And that's where we got the. the I guess we'll call it the poo hole gate. Yeah. Um, and, and even that, to be fair, if if you get a chance, uh, uh, Jake Tapper. I mean, Jake Tapper. I, I always thought was one of the good guys. Even after he went to uh, to CNN, he is at CNN now, isn't he? Yeah. He's CNN. But um, I know he did that interview with. Um, uh, the, was it Miller from the administration? Stephen Miller. Think, yeah, I think both of them, to be fair. I, I think he was, the, 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 the Miller was a bit, I think, emotionally involved. Tapper was a bit short-tempered. He was but a poo hole. All that aside, this whole thing has been, there's been a lot of stuff conflated. There's a, there's a stream, there's a Twitter, is it a, a stream or a thread, I guess it's called? Yeah. Um, where Tapper was saying, he says, I'm not defending anybody, but I, I think we have a job to clarity. And he was bringing out the fact of some of this stuff where people thought that he was mentioning holes, as in certain countries, because of DACA. He said, no, that this is something to do with this temporary status, and this has something to do with something. You know, so he was you know, uh, trying to be precise, which is what a reporter, you know, that's what they should be doing, yeah. is giving the, precisely the facts without any, any varnish one way or the other on it, leaving up to the people to decide, and Tapper was doing that. So I'll, I'll take my hat off to him on that. Yeah, but where, this, where we get Poogate, is that Trump, when talking about the temporary status of these Haitians that have been allowed to stay in America, under what's supposed to be temporary because of the earthquake, and they've mm-hmm. been allowed to stay temporarily because the economic situation hasn't improved in Haiti, I guess. So they've been here now for 15 years or whatever it's been. And he said, why do we want to take people from Haiti? It's a poo hole. Or though some Republicans have said, no, no, he didn't say that. He said, poo house. But um, just for our <laughs> listeners to know, he didn't use the word poo. It had he the used poo it. with three O's as opposed to the two O's. He used a poo with a shh. Yeah. 
And, uh, but, you know, but it, again, people, I think, are being very unfair to the guy. Whatever he does, I mean, it's like he's, he's how not many, the first president to have lost his temper, in, 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 which it seems that he's done. Charlie, um, Charlie do you know and, how many and, times you've said? you said it, you know, some places on, on Earth are holes. You know, he said, listen, he says, I didn't say it. What I did was I was talking about the countries. And you know what? Not all countries are the same. But how many times do you have to say? Better than others. And and what he was doing was far from racist, as people were trying to pin him with. with. He says, I want a skills-based. Right now, it is, in a sense, racist, because if you're, like, for instance, Irish, there's, uh, what was it, the N1 or the M1? I remember when I lived in Ireland, all these kids were getting visas to go over just simply because they were Irish. And, you know, you had people in the the Senate who were Irish, the the Kennedys or whatever, uh, or, you know, you had lotteries and things like that. Uh, and he's saying, no, it should be based on, on your skills. should be based and on the white countries versus the brown countries. No, and I don't think that's what white versus brown. But, so you know, it, it, this is, by the way, this is not refugees. Okay, I mean, refugee status is something else. And that's where you, you know, bring me, you're tired, you're hungry, you're people yearning to be free. This is economic. Yeah. Um, you know, economic immigration. So you're trying to get people that have a certain level of, of schooling, education. So they can bring something to the party. Yeah, now it's not to, that's not to say that you can't find people from Haiti or wherever that you know can surprise you. you can come from a slum, and, and you know, and, and we want that too. But right now, it's supposed <laughs> to be skills based, is what he's talking about. So, uh, you know, I, I think that the people again kind of get into this, uh, you know, going to overdrive. And my God, he's a racist. He's a, and it was nothing of the sort. I, I think uh, I, how many times have you said, even in this in this pod, uh, we're being unfair to the president. People are just this poor guy. Everybody is so unfair to him. Do you, I mean, I didn't realize he was such a snowflake. No, he's Actually, not a snowflake. I mean, because he, he yeah, but know, well, he would be a snowflake because they're white. I don't think he's totally bothered by it. But I, I think as a commentator, I can point out that I think the press, you know, are not. I don't want to go with the fake news thing, but I can see where they're being disingenuous. But it's not fake news. It's Lindsey Graham is not denying that it happened. The Republicans in the room either now pretending they don't remember the comment or saying he said poo house instead of poo hole. The White House has barely denied you that know, he said these things. Even if, even if he said it's a hole, um, some countries are holes. I, I don't understand what the big deal is. I, I don't think he was going on about The problem people. is is that and, he and only then, singled you know, out black countries. That's the problem. He no, singled out— No, come on. I think that— yeah, and, to be, and you know what? To be fair— there are a lot of "quote unquote" black countries that are a mess right now, which is a shame because this is down to the culture. It's not down to someone's color of their skin, but the culture of the country. Remember, culture is everything in a business, uh, or a country, or whatever. You look at look at like a Zimbabwe, which was the breadbasket of Africa, and now they're starving over there. Why? Because the culture of the country. That's not the culture. The culture that's the, the politics and the economics and. Uh, and it's a legacy of colonialism. That's not culture. I think calling it culture is what makes people well, say things that are racist. You know, when I say, I mean, culture is, I'm using a slightly wider context, but it's, it's, it's you know, corruption. You know, yeah. People that run the country don't know how to run it now. But if I blame that on culture, so if I blame the problems, let's say, on Israel, on culture, uh, that you would call me anti-Semitic, wouldn't you? No, no. And again, like I said, I, culture, culture is... Um, a bit wider use, you know, culture has several different layers to it. I mean, on the one hand, there's culture as in, you know, custom, dance, language, whatever. Right. But also, I think the, the way you run your country is at least t- tangentially a kind of a, a, a system of culture. So some of those people um, are just predisposed to create poop holes. Well, I don't know if they're predisposed. Like I said, Zimbabwe was the breadbasket of Africa at one stage, and then when... Uh, 
uh, you know, what's his face took over? It went right down the it went I, right down the hole. I don't know, Charlie. If you're in a conversation where you're trying to prove that you're not a little bit um, dancing close to a racist pin, using Zimbabwe as an example that was okay when it was ruled by white people and not okay no, when it was ruled I, by I black people. Because no, that's, that's the change. That's the change that happened. I'm talking about the current uh, what's his face. Uh, who, who's Mugabe. The, the, Mugabe. What's his face? The leader. I can't remember his name now. It was Mugabe, but it's a new dude. Mugabe, yeah, Mugabe. The new Mugabe dude. Mugabe ruined the place. That's just, and you can have corruption in white countries too. There are a lot of you know corrupt white countries. Like you know, it's not dependent. Like, corruption is not like dependent the, on color. Like the United States of America, for example. Well, parts of it, yes. If you look at some of the more democratic areas, you know, look at New Orleans during. I mean, what I uh, what the, I definitely uh, don't want during Karina is a country that's run by a family where it just looks like they're profiting and they're pocketing, you know, monies for themselves. Yeah. That's the kind of country that I would feel like is a is is corrupt and. and a yeah, poop well, ball. that was the Clintons, and the Clintons are white. <laughs> and thank God for that, <clears throat> he said with irony. He said with irony. I mean, the thing is, so the, the, the Democrats, if they have any cojones, they're going to dig, because this is so popular, they promised DACA. Trump created this problem by canceling the executive order that Obama had in place. He said he wants he to, to fix it. He had to. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, have, to he didn't have to. He could have fought it in court if he believed in it. But he didn't. No, um, I mean, it, it, so he did. No, no, he, no, he, he they, they yeah, to do something. But he signed an executive order to cancel it, right? He, he, hmm. he did that. Because yeah. it was going to come up for a review. But no, 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 don't say because he did it. They, these kids were fine. It was going to come up for review. Maybe it would have won. That's what courts decide. But he decided well, not to fight no, it. Well, no, it, was, it, was, it was a totally Ill, bad law. It was a legal law. It wasn't a law. To, it was know, an executive order. But, um, well, you know, or, or an order. Forgive me. You know. Yeah. So, so, all right. He said he wanted to fix it. He said, I'm going to do this now, but I want Congress to fix it. And um, the Democrats have said we're so they may put their feet down and say this has to be done because they need the Democrats to pass a budget mm. because of the, the the way the Senate works, um, yep. even though the, the Republicans are in control. So do you think it's going to come to a shutdown? And who do you think that's good for? Uh, Is that good for Trump? Could. Uh, I don't think it's good for anybody, but other than the people. <laughs> if, you'll re if you'll remember the last time it was shut down, I think the, the, the line was, good, finally we're getting some, you know, get, get, shut the government down, get them out of our way, yeah. and, you know, we can accomplish some stuff. But you saw what happened the, the last time, the, um, and I think they had, it, uh, it was more um, on their side uh, when the Republicans did it, and they still, you know, caught the blame for it. So I think, the, you know, the Democrats do it, it'd be the same thing. You think the they'll Democrats the will take the blame? I well, I think the I mean the, the Democratic argument is going to be the Republicans control all the levers of government. Why can't they pass a budget? Why can't they get on board with a law that's popular with the vast majority of Americans? Why not well, but do they, it? They seem to want to, but again, you know, Trump is arguing that the Democrats are being absent, and, you know, and they and they have been. I mean, they're, they're holding off on this DACA law simply to try and force a shutdown, and it's just it's just political games. It's gamesmanship. Well, I think they're saying that's the leverage they have. They don't want to agree to a budget so they get DACA because they promised that they would do DACA. And if they don't, their base will not be happy. I mean, the Democrats have – I mean, maybe they've painted themselves into a corner. But I think, mm. I think the DACA thing is worth fighting for. And the president said he's going to do it. He promised he would do it, although his promises yeah, are but, 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 you know, about as gotta, solid as a starburst. And they don't seem to want to you – know, But they brought him a bipartisan sort of deal. And, and now you have Maxine Waters and, uh, and uh, Sheila Jackson Lee, is it? Or no, what's her name? Fred, Frederica, um, yeah, the one with the hats. Yeah. You know, and about four or five others aren't going to the State of the Union. Again, that's just, you know, that's just disrespectful to the office. 
Yeah, I know. Well, remember, uh, was it Joe Walsh shouting at the pres President Obama, you lie in the middle of the State of the Union? And, and you notice Republicans weren't happy with that either. Yeah. Do you, do you no, think that was... He was right, I think, in the end, but, you know, yeah, it's bad form. Proof. You just, you just don't do it. Yeah. It's just, you so know. it was it was wrong then for him yeah, to shout I, at Obama. I totally agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, so, I mean, the next time we talk, the government might be shut down. So I don't know if that's... Uh, Does that mean that we have to talk slower? Well, I don't know if that means we'll, we'll be able to get into that new embassy. I've got a, my, my kid's passport's up for renewal, which means you have to go, because yeah, you have to go to the embassy and yeah, show them your the child and then um, and say, this is my child, before you get the new passport, which I am glad it's moved because it's a lot closer to where I live. Going into Grosvenor Square, because you have to get there at like 5 a.m. is a pain. There's an acid that's nearby there as well, so if the kid and gets was, hungry, you know, in downtown in Mayfair, it's... And it was a poo house. This is hard to be well, that is the end of episode seven of Pod to Be an American, recorded partially live at Ram Jam Records in Kingston upon Thames at the Grey Horse, where you can come down and my, my part wasn't live. You weren't live, um, no. but <laughs> I remember X. Yeah, you faxed it in. Uh, yeah. You were in wherever North London. We, we don't talk about North London down here. Um, so Just yeah, you can't afford it. If you haven't already, I think what do people need to do to podcast Charlie? Hmm? Sorry, say again? <laughs> People, what do they need to do to podcast Charlie if they like them? To podcast Charlie? I, well, I guess you take they should, Charlie they first. Should, and no, they should subscribe to the podcast. Yeah, subscribe to the podcast. They should I, listen. Actually, please do. Is, do write they in the comment section. Go to the comment section and say nice things. Even nice, if you don't. Or even bad things. I don't no, care. No, no, not, not the bad, bad things, things, Charlie. It's all about ratings, trip advisors, and things. Yeah, it's, it's all about clicks. Say bad things, but give us five stars. And, yeah. um, and listen to us on Ram Jam Records. And. Come eat at the Grey Horse, and anything else you and want. Next week, want, to us as well you want if to plug? They want. I mean, I'd, I'd rather they tweet. They, yeah, they can tweet comments us. and stuff. But if you want to tweet, it's Charlie Seawolf. Yeah, uh, C Charlie S E A W O L F. Yeah, one word, Charlie Seawolf. And you can follow Pod to Be American. I had to drop the and because it didn't fit in Twitter. So Pod to Be American oh, that right? on Twitter, okay. and uh, and I'm at Eric McElroy. And uh, yeah, tune in uh, next time. Eric doesn't really fit within Twitter either, but, you know, he's working on it. He's, you're getting your way down, just a couple more characters and you'll be in there, right? Yep, I'm on a diet. Yeah, it's hard to be an American. Hard to be an American. Pop! This is hard!